and welcome back to the Biff Rugby League podcast. This is episode eight of season two. There's loads to talk about this week. Loads. First of all, Toby's still not here. So we don't know when he's going to be back, but message him, tweet him, be like, when are you coming back? We need you back. His NRL specialist knowledge is needed because me and me and Robin do not watch enough of it to keep up to date with the stuff. Um, we're trying, we're trying. We're trying, yeah, we are trying. But um, how how are you this week? That's what I want to know. How are we? How was your week? Yeah, it's been all right. It's, co- it's coming on quick again. It feels like only yesterday we were last chatting, but yeah, pl- plenty's happened. I've been um, been DIYing. I've been, like I said, I've been trying to watch as much NRL as possible. But yeah, I'm, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I've, my new job is going well. There's plenty to talk about. I just I love rugby league and there's I don't should we start with a feel good story this week? Yeah, do it. Let's start with a feel good story. Um, we're we're a week late. It happened it happened a week ago, nineteenth uh, of March. This happened, so it would have happened what before last before we recorded last episode. Mm. But I just didn't see it, and it, it popped up on Twitter, and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Um, rugby league player for Greenland all rounders chris robinson proposed to his girlfriend on the pitch um last week by pretending he'd broken his leg um, if you've seen the video it's it's quite it's unique it's different and it's 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 nice and she said yes so it's a feel good it's a feel good story you had a joke about it but it doesn't really work but it's, it was really good so I, if you haven't seen the video do check it out we'll um we'll retweet it on the Biff Rugby League Twitter, so go and check that out. But you, you were trying to watch it, and it just kept putting you through adverts, didn't it? Yeah, I've watched all the adverts in the world. So <laughs> the Halifax Curry has made its money out of me. But no, see, yeah, congrats to Chris and Amanda. What what a lovely thing to have happened. Yeah, really, really cool. Um, I just love the fact that he pretends he's broken his leg. Of all the things, it's a leg. Break, <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> couldn't be a cramp. It couldn't be nothing. It was a no, we've you've broken your leg. So I like the idea that someone he said I'm going to propose and someone said break a leg and he's went great. Yeah, leg. yeah, that's, that's, exactly, that's, what that's, gonna, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine that's what he did? So I went break a leg. And went, yeah, all right then. Um, but no, Chris Robinson and Amanda, congratulations, good luck, and Chris, props to you, man. Props to you. That was a really good proposal. Yeah. No, he's a centre, so it doesn't count. Stop trying to make the joke work with <laughs> proposal, all right? Um, let's move on to a bit of odd news, though. Rochdale Mayfield's cup tie has had to be moved because their home, their pitch is too close to a road. Well, what? Aren't all pitches close? How come this has never come up before? <laughs> I don't know. Like, they can't play their home game because they're there because the pitch is too close to the main road well i'm i'm just i'm confused i'm but surely this has come up before surely you'd have thought so wouldn't you i mean i'm i'm trying to see where the fact they've changed the fixture now i'm trying to find the article that it was i'm sure i'm pretty sure they're playing batley or they're, they're playing Brat, batley or jewsbury and they the listeners are going to rinse me for getting it wrong where is it? Which who are they playing? Well, I, I'm looking at the. Oh, they're playing Newcastle Thunder, but it's being changed. I'm looking at this road. I it looks to me like a dirt track. 
Could it be Hunslet's ground actually? It might be Hunslet's ground. It might I might I might have got it totally wrong. I might have got my teams wrong here. See we've got that much to talk about, I'm getting I've forgotten. Yeah, um, it's definitely the the on Google Maps, right? The when you look at the Rochdale Mayfield Rugby Club, it might not even be. I'm, I've read it today. I've read it yesterday or today, and then let's see. Challenge Cup. It's the fifth. It's the fourth round, isn't it? Yeah. Challenge Cup fourth round venue. New, I thought they were playing Nuke. Are they playing no, Newcastle? it's not that one. It's the other one, I'm sure. Um, should, should, this should be like, you know. Come on, where is it? It's off of your head. No, I've, I've lost it. I've lost the article now. I had it this morning because I was like, oh, that would be good. And the Midlands Hurricanes one moving to Oddsall. That's, that makes sense. Just a bit, yeah, bit more money. We spoke about that. That was last yeah, week. This, why is this now? They've obviously backtracked because it just makes no sense. I feel like that was. Um, oh, here, no, know. here we go. Hunslet Amateur Rugby League Football Club will play their home tie against whoever they're playing, Batley, at the but, at the home yeah. of Batley on um, on Sunday after their home ground was deemed unsuitable. For a Challenge Cup tie against professional opposition and logistical barriers stood in the way of their efforts to play the match at nearby South Leeds Stadium. Uh. So there we go. So that's why. Um, and then someone looked into it a little bit more. Apparently it was because the pitch is too close to the main road at Hunslet. There we go. Found it. Love Rugby League. Thank you. Uh. Finally coming in clutch, James Gordon. Um, they are good at Love Rugby League. Yeah, um, James Gordon especially, I, I like his work. He's really, really, he's really, really good. So, West Warriors moved to Widnes so they could play at professional ground. Midlands Hurricanes uh, requested that they played in Bradford instead. Then there were two Uranian amateur sides, so Rochdale Mayfield will take um, on Newcastle at Mayfield Sports Centre, which is cool. So they're getting a home game. So I was, I'm, mm. I'm sorry, Rochdale Mayfield, I got it wrong. Um, but Hunslet cannot play at the um, Hunslet Oval because their their the pitch is deemed uh, is unsuitable to host a professional game due to the proximity of a road to the pitch mm. because the road is is quite quick. So if I can, I will find. I found the article and I will ping it in WhatsApp for you so you can see it. I mean, we've we've like spoken before about how the, the cups organised and stuff and. Like we've all been quite pro um, getting fixtures at amateur clubs and at lower league clubs to to help um, bring them more revenue and things and give give like local fans a real like reason to go out and a bit of an event. But this kind of flies in the face of that because we're seeing um, like Midlands actually request to play at Oddsall, mm. even though that's a, that would have been a good opportunity for them. Um, Obviously, this Hunslet game's having to be played elsewhere. So, yeah, some something to think about there, whether or not these amateur clubs are set up well enough to host. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much space they've got at Hunslet. I don't know if they'd be able to mm. move their first team pitch elsewhere. I don't know how much space they've got. I mean, there was two Hunslet clubs before. There was Hunslet Warriors and, obviously, uh, Hunslet Club Parkside. I don't know 
whether they've both still got both of those places available are one of them like is there any reason why they couldn't play at the other one or whatever but i mean yeah they've obviously looked into it it's a last minute decision as the game's less than a week away so they've obviously tried to do what they can to get it as close to hunslet or in hunslet and they obviously can't do that so it's unfortunate but the fact that the gate receipts are split in cup games 50 50 is quite nice so they're probably going to make more money the fact it's at batley so i don't know yeah that's six true. and two three is really speaking of the cup um obviously it's the fourth round and there's some ties that are looking forward to york have got sheffield london have got doncaster halifax have got barrow for me i was like oh, halifax is going to get through to the fifth round but we just lost to barrow at the weekend barrow picked up their first win keith lee against north wales north wales haven't won a game all season like, they, they haven't won a league game all season sorry but they obviously won in the last round of the cup that's the only time so their team is the same but not the same it's just a, it's tough man it's, it's going to be different i don't think there's many games you can sit there and go yeah that team's gonna win maybe newcastle maybe batley but rochdale mayfield and hunslet are two of the best amateur teams in the country and if newcastle will get caught on a bad day or batley have a bad day then there's no reason why those two teams can't be in the fifth round or the sorry yeah the fifth round yeah well i think um out of the two it's Rochdale have got the biggest chance. They're they're probably the best chance that we've got of getting an amateur team round into round five. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that York Sheffield game's really exciting me. That's going to be a good one. And I think it's on. I think it's been streamed on the BBC, and they've put the ticket prices down to a tenner, so Ooh. for adults anyway. So hopefully, I might have to fly up, um, fly up for the day, and fly back. Fly up. For yeah, a, it's, for a I think it's a tenner. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Maybe, um, maybe, maybe, maybe. So it's a good. It, hopefully, that's a good. Um, I've got event. Mon- I've got Monday off as well. No. <laughs> oh, here <laughs> no. we go. <laughs> uh, no, that, that does look like a really interesting time. I'm glad that that's being streamed and they've brought the ticket prices down to try and encourage people to still come along and watch it rather than just watch it on the TV. Yeah, um, I know. Obviously, now that the ground's not in the city centre, people have to kind of drive or get the bus up, don't they? Yeah, um, it makes it a little bit more difficult. Just like you can't just walk there unless I suppose you li- unless you like a long walk. I mean, you cycle. <laughs> you cycle sometimes. So I mean, that's not so bad. Yeah, cycling is quite nice. Cycling is not so bad, but you can't have a drink if you cycle. So, well, not know. legally. <laughs> not legally, no. Uh, <laughs> speaking of York, they've announced a unique new partnership with Rugby League Uganda to support the development of rugby league in the African country. The club and Rugby League Uganda will form York Rugby, oh, York RLU Academy in Uganda to create a formal player pathway for men's and women's under 16 sides. Um, the partnership follows the previous outreach work done by York Valkyrie Director of Rugby, Lindsay Anfield, within the community. Um, Anfield explained, we will be observing and supporting the player development programs in Uganda and upskilling coaches through face-to-face and online mentoring and education. We will do this alongside the club championship pr- program, which will feed into the National Academy the hope is that we will see some Ugandan players representing the Knights and the Valkyrie at some point in the future. Interesting. I like this. I'm surprised it's not with another African country that's maybe in the Middle East and African Championships that we've discussed. Or, yeah, or yeah. Like that. But I don't, I don't, honestly, my knowledge of Rugby League and rugby, specifically Rugby League Uganda is not up there in terms of what I know about Rugby League in Nigeria and stuff like that because of people I know and just the way yeah. I follow rugby. I mean, I, I wonder if maybe they're thinking of going somewhere that's um, not had this kind of, um, you know, support in the past 
to I mean there'll be other reasons why but it's a it's a bit of a blue ocean isn't it there's no one else doing it and so when they if they can pr- produce some good talent that um you know they can bring over over here and, and play for the Knights or the Valkyries then you know it's a it's a quite a good opportunity I, I saw one uh what they call it the promised land or something like that so they <laughs> yeah. clearly think there's a lot of potential over there which um yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, obviously, you'll see, you as a York fan will hopefully see aspects of this coming through within the next two to three years. It's not going to be straight away because, as you've seen, it's under 16 sides at the minute. But yeah. when these under 16s are under 20s in three, four, well, in four years' time, maybe 18, 19 year olds playing reserve grades or whatever and, and stuff like that, which is really, yeah. really good. Um, more partnerships and projects that have been announced through the RFL today. Or the last few days is that the uh, the RFL has launched an exciting new project to encourage more primary school aged girls to take up the sport. Rug Bees is open to girls aged seven to eleven and will be delivered on a weekly basis by club foundations to help them develop their confidence in areas such as catching, passing, and kicking, whilst having plenty of fun too. It's the first rugby league program to be developed specifically for primary school aged girls, and the RFL has chosen the popular rugby league World Cup 2021 mascot Rugby. To bring the project to life, um, obviously information about the sessions is in the, isn't in the article on the RFL website. But Jodie Cunningham has, has said she is so pleased that we were able to announce the launch of rugby at the Women's Super League season launch. It's a full circle moment for the game. There is so much ex- evidence to support that playing sport in a mixed gender setting isn't right for all young girls and can be a barrier to participation, which is why we're introducing rugby to help tackle this. Um, which I think is really really cool. Separating sport at a younger age to encourage women's sport and yeah non-gender non-mixed mm. gender setting is is really good i find yeah i think it's great especially for a sport like ours which being full contact i think has just like that an, an extra barrier or an extra step that it needs to take to make sure that it is inclusive because the stereotype is that you know, girls don't play games like this, which is obviously wrong, and that's what this is yeah. um, fighting against. And what, what also, like, I've noticed in my experience when I went to watch the Women's World Cup and I watched quite a few games in Leeds, is there was quite a lot of young kids there. I think they might have tried to push um, sort of that primary school age then. So hopefully there'll be a few kids that went to that World Cup and are seeing this come up, and this is the legacy of that competition. This is what it's all about, so... That's great, and I think Leeds could be a bit of a hotbed um, for for talent. And even if we never, even if this project doesn't develop any players, I think giving these girls a positive experience early on in their lives of rugby league in general means that they're they're more likely to become fans, and therefore when they grow up, they will probably spend their cash at rugby league. And so even though they're not players it's still bringing about positive impact on our game as a whole. Yeah, definitely. It's all about doing what we can to improve the game, not just on the field, but also off it and in, yeah. in more than one capacity off the field as well. Speaking of Women's Rugby League and um, women and girls playing Rugby League, the Betfred Women's Super League was launched at Headingley this week um, with confirmation of more broadcast coverage from the sportsman.com. It kicks off on Sunday, April the 16th where they will show St Helens travel to the LNER Community Stadium to face York, 
who won the league leader's shield last season so a really nice tie um to kick off their season kickoff is at 3 p.m uh, players such as holly may dodd tara jane stanley emily rudge and jodie cunningham are set to feature it's the first match of the season for st helens whereas york will have already featured will have already played Leeds at Headingley. So that's a tough start for York, to be fair. They get the uh, Brit uh, Betford Women's Super League Champions Leeds in their opening game and then the Challenge Cup winners St. Helens at home in their second game. So it kicks off on Easter Sunday on Sky Sports. So York on telly twice in a, in two weeks to, to cover that's the Betford sure. Women's Super League. So that's really, really good. So York Women's Super League is popping off over there in York. Loads going on, isn't there? There is, yeah. And, and quite a lot. I mean... That, that game in particular, the Saints game, is a doubleheader. So, oh, uh, oh, it's not a doubleheader. Sorry, the Knights are playing at Halifax that day. But there are other fixtures during the year that are billed as doubleheaders. So, people will be able to get in and watch both the Valkyries and the Knights, which I just think is great. I think that's just bang on exactly what all clubs should be doing with their um, women's teams. That's really, really good. The fact that doubleheaders are being pushed. I know that London did one last year. London versus London uh, Broncos ladies versus Bedford Tigers ladies uh, was uh, was was the was the main event to um, London Broncos versus I believe it was Workington. So the the, the men yeah. were the um, the pre-show, if that makes the sense. And the, yeah, yeah, the curtain raiser to the women's playoff game, which was really really cool. Speaking of the sportsmen, they this Sunday. It, they will cover the fourth round tie between Dewsbury, who are 100% win record in League One, against John Keir's Witness Vikings. So that'll be a tough tie. The top of League One versus a Witness team that we know can be very good, but also we know can struggle. Mm. So plenty of really good positive news. Quickly moving on to a little bit of bad news for a London Broncos hooker, Robert Oakley, here. It's not great for him, is it? Banned from all sport for three years. For the use of four prohibited substances he returned a positive sample following an out of competition test on the 14th of june last year he was notified of the finding on the 6th of september and given a provisional suspension before later being charged he admitted the violations and said he believed he had taken medication to aid recovery from a shoulder injury his sentence for use of an anabolic agent and hormone modulators that improve strength and enhance muscle mass was reduced from four years to three due to his due to admitting his uh, his guilt and will run until the 5th of september 2025 so yeah oakley is a second championship rugby league player or well the championship or league one rugby league player to be banned from the sport in a week due to the use of banned substances uh former midlands hurricanes forward russell spears was given a three-year suspension for testing positive for an anabolic steroid but the difference between russell spears is that he um, retired between being banned and taking the test, if that makes sense. So, yeah, yeah. He, was charged, he was charged in November, but he had previously retired before then. So, if that makes sense. So, it won't, mm. it won't affect Midlands Hurricanes, but it will just affect Russell Spears. He will be banned until June... He will be able to return to training in June 2025, two months before it expires. So, he'll be able to return to training... Uh, two months before the ban expires in August 2025. I mean, like, obviously, totally wrong, but just the curious side of me, I want to know what these players do for the three years. Like, obviously, being a championship player, I imagine he's just straight back into full-time work, training on the side. But, like, I'm just thinking about, um, do you remember Bronson Cherry, who got banned yeah. in 2021, and then... I mean, he's still serving his band now. I mean, he, he was like a young player that burst onto the scene on the NRL. Yeah. Was like really on form 
well, and we know he's, why. He's but... he's back this. He can return to the. He can return. Yeah, in so. November this year. So I mean, twenty twenty four. If he's been keeping himself fit and keeping himself playing, yeah. Then, but he was only suspended from playing in the NRL. Right. So, so, so... whether or not he's been playing, like reserves. Or yeah, something like I mean, that. yeah. Canterbury have offered him a deal starting in twenty twenty four after his deal after his ban is complete. So he'll be joining Canterbury next year. Right. So very very. Well, it's, just, it's just we don't see it, and I, I get I guess why because we don't really want to like give these people any more publicity, and yeah. we definitely don't want to sort of like I don't know glorify their time spent away from the game as some kind of like I don't know. In, like you know they, they've gone away and they've done this like stoic journey of self-discovery and like yeah. grit and determination we don't want to we don't want to make it sound cool but it would be interesting to find out how they do manage to train and keep themselves like up to pace yeah um, um, they, they can't play yeah the, the daily mail in, um, interviewed bronson cherry last year 2022 and asked him what he'd been doing he says um he says he hasn't he hadn't watched a minute of rugby league uh, not even yeah. origin uh, you just wanted to stay away from the sport and focus on uh, becoming a better person and proving people wrong when he returns so i mean he's only 22 23 years old so he's still really young still got his whole career ahead of him and i, yeah. I mean yes wrong for doing what he did but if he if he serves his ban and he comes back and he's clean and he doesn't get caught again well hopefully he doesn't get caught again because he's because he is clean not because he doesn't yeah. get caught but does that make sense like hopefully players that are getting banned especially the young ones can see what they've done and go actually come on i'm better than that and prove everyone wrong when they do return yeah another player i think that they want to prove someone uh, prove people wrong is george williams he returned to the super league after feeling a little bit homesick at canberra and not being able to pick up the nrl title but it looks like he could be on his way back to australia um and west tigers who have both Adam uh, Dwayne and Luke Brooks off contract at the end of the season uh, have failed to tar have failed to sign targets Mitch Moses and Will Kennedy from Paramount Reels and Cronulla Sharks sort of what's that word uh, respectfully uh, just haven't um, been able to sign them Williams does still yeah. have two years left on his deal at Warrington so any deal will involve a transfer fee but Williams at 28 years old rich vein of form for Warrington so far this season I believe they're still the only unbeaten team in Super League. He played really, really well at um, the World Cup. I think, for as a West Tigers fan, it'd be nice to see him sign. We saw what happened when Hastings came over with a little bit of form. Bring, bringing Williams in would be really, really interesting. He's a he's an absolute live wire, and I think he's shown he can do it in the NRL. He just needs to be that one step further. I mean, I don't really know what's going on the Wests at the minute. I thought it was meant to be a really positive year, but we we haven't won a game yet this year. So maybe mm. maybe maybe a George Williams sign in. At the end of the year, is is what we need. I don't know. Yeah, it'd be interesting because he's, um, he's obviously he's got a couple of years left, but he's coming towards that time in a, in a halfback's career where they're like they're really aged, and and sometimes they just drop off the pace, but sometimes it creates like this sort of resurgence in their career where yeah. they've just got such a bank of experience that they just can read the game so well, and they become a, a really good. Um, you know, they can just sit back, read every single defensive play and just always find the right pass, always find the right kick. And so, yeah, that and hopefully that's what George Williams will do and become. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, as and as, as a West Tigers fan, I think a, a spine of a one six seven nine of uh, Dayton Laurie, Brandon Wakeham, George Williams and Appy Corusau in 2024 
with Bateman and Papaliti in a forward pack. You, it's, it's something you can build from, and they're young. Mm. Enough, there's enough experience and enough young talent. You just got to trust the other thing, people around you. But there's definitely a culture change at the West Tigers that hasn't changed since 2006, um, and like since they won the NRL back in 2005, nothing's changed. Um, they still think they're the best team yeah. in the world. The, the, everyone that supports them knows that they're not the best team, but something in the background needs to change, and that's going to be a long way off. Another Super League talent could potentially be going over to the NRL only because they've signed a deal with SFX Sports, which is a leading agent in Australia's top-level competition in the NRL. So he's uh, Lewis Dodd is the player. So, I mean, mm. interesting because he didn't play in the World Cup and I thought he would. Um, but obviously, I think injuries again. Uh, yeah. The yeah. young lad with injuries, really disappointing. Sent over the winning drop goal to crown Saints as world champions. He's under contract until the end of next season. So he's still got a year, well, this year and next year to go. But we know the NRL clubs have got a little bit of money. So, hmm. Where, where do you lie on that? Would you like to see Lewis Dodd go over to the NRL? Yeah, I would. I mean, it's a hard, it's, it's a difficult balance because obviously we want to keep our stars in the Super League because it makes the Super League a better competition. Yeah. But at the same time, a talent like this comes along, he's already won everything, and it would be pretty interesting to see how he compares over in the NRL. There's not been many um, halfbacks that we've produced that have been able to go over there and and impress or even like last. Um, so yeah, I, I would I would like to see him go over there. I think I'd, I'd probably like to see Wellsby go over there as well, from the same team, just for the exact same reasons. Um, it is it is the best competition, so it's the ultimate challenge. And yeah, I, I yeah of course I want to see it. Yeah, it'd be really really interesting to see how our young players go, especially at such a young age. Where you know what, if it doesn't quite work out because there's so many better players over there, then fine. But if they go over there and they become the best player in the world and England improve off the back of it and the international game improves off the back of it, then let's let's do it. Let's just go and let's support our, our English players as English players, if that makes sense. So mm. uh, it would be nice to see that. We, we need to start talking about our main kind of topic now, don't we? And speak about taking attendances or let's talk attendance, basically. Um, I was going to try and make a little bit of a joke there, but it, it didn't <laughs> You've been looking at the attendance figures for Super League so far this year and what it could mean for clubs' IMG grading and how it will affect them. Obviously, certain teams are a lot higher, some teams below the average. So, it's yeah. really, really, I'm looking at the graphics now, but I'll let you go into it. Yeah, so like we're looking at rounds like one to six so far, and obviously, um, some teams have had more home games than others, and um, Huddersfield and Saints are obviously a game behind everyone. So, there's that to factor in, but I've, I've taken the averages to sort of eliminate that. Um, and Leeds are well above anybody else. Their, their, their average attendance is 14,000, which is 2,000 higher than the next closest, where you've got a band of um, Hull FC, St. Helens, Wigan, all within about 1,000 of each other uh, in that order. Then you drop down another 1,000 to Warrington, um, another... Fifteen hundred. Yeah, fifteen hundred. Yeah, damn, that's a big so, jump, really. It is, and it's sort of, it's sort of. Um, you've got Leeds shining at the top, then that group of like three or four drop down to Hull KR at um, nine thousand five hundred, 
and then you start to go below the average and the average is um about 9300 yeah the next the next two they're almost they're they're 60 people off each other is is lee and then castleford which is really impressive for lee actually when you consider that they've been a championship club for a while and they have had success so I imagine that people have been and got into them because they've been at the top of the championship and winning a lot of games. But to see him carry it over, and and I think he does get a lot of criticism, Derek Beaumont, for a lot of the things he does. And I can't say I've, I've liked the way that he's handled his club rebrand, but we can't fault him for um, really driving home attendances and giving people a reason to come out and talk about them. And that's, that's reflected in the fact that they're... Um, like in that halfway spot at the table, yeah. Beating out um, Castleford, just um, Catalans, they're they're down at um, seven thousand four hundred. Then you've got, yeah. I, I was surprised by that as well. I always thought that there'd be more at Catalans, um, but I, again, I, I wonder if that's um, you know, I, I, uh, I can't remember how many um, home games. No, Catalans. I know why Catalans is seems really low, mainly because they've got two non-compliant stands. Um, right. which have been set for removal so two of Catalan's temporary stands will be removed um, after being deemed non-compliant so that two tiers situated within grounds were to be dismantled uh, each, so, there you yeah. go. so that's, so that's kind of understandable and, and also Wakefield I know you said we're looking at their figures there their average attendance is 4,300 which, which is a long way below Salford but they also mm. don't have an east or a north stand yet They're both those stands are yeah. still closed so you have to be wary that Catalan and Wakefield being as low as they are or lower than some where we think they should be is because they have got stands close. So take if we take those two clubs out of consideration, there's a big jump between Cass and Huddersfield. That's that's what two and a half two two thousand six hundred yeah. between Huddersfield and Cass. Yeah. And look at the size of that giant stadium as well. That's embarrassing. It's, it really when you think about it, it, it is quite a shame because um you know that they're the only they're the only um, team in, in that area. I know they're quite close to Leeds, but I definitely think that they've got a big catchment. When you can, when you think like Hull FC and Hull KR are in the top half, yeah. Hull FC being the second largest, and that's one city, yeah. um, I think that Huddersfield, are, that's quite concerning. Um, and obviously Salford around about the same level, and you know Salford's also a big place. Um, I know there are, there are a few clubs nearby them, but um, yeah, I mean, I've been to Salford and I know that it's a bit out of town, so I wonder if that might might affect them as well. But um, the re the reason why that this is interesting, not just because it is interesting, but is because of the IMG proposal. And, and we spoke yeah. a, a few episodes ago about the um, points and, and the grading system, and the your the attendance figure is actually worth one eighth of the available points for the grading criteria. So it's quite a big portion of um, what what the ING believes a successful club looks like is based on the attendance. And so it might be harsh that you're missing a stand or you've got these excuses, but I, I agree. I think that um, if you want to sell the Super League, having yeah. packed stands is probably one of the most important things. Um, take Rugby Union for example it's boring as anything but people go and watch it and so it's an event if you go to Twickenham it is mental 
Yeah. And people don't even know what's going on. Let's be honest. I, I don't know who, who's who's enjoying it because there's nothing to enjoy. But it's an, but it's sold out. It's completely sold out. So it's going to be enjoyable. Yeah. So when you when you're thinking, oh, I could go and watch um, Salford in front of five thousand, you can achieve that uh, a, a League One or League Two club in a football team. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. that's their kind of standard. So. Yeah, I get, I get why it's so important, and um, yeah. I was, so I was just looking at just, the percentages, which gets me a little yeah. bit. Um, Leeds, Hull FC, and St Helens—they're average. They're on percentage, so 21,500 capacity at Headingley. So they're they're looking at sixty-five percent. That's quite a good number. Uh, St mm. Helens is eighteen thousand capacity, so that's sixty-seven percent. So quite a good number. Hull FC, an average of twelve and a half is less than 50% of their capacity. Um, yeah. Looking at Huddersfield, it's it's really bad. Um, you're looking at 22.7% or 23% capacity at the John Smith Stadium, which wow. which when you look at it, when you watch it on the telly, it always looks quite full. And it always looks like there's plenty of people there. But I don't know mm. if that's just because they've got the bloody cowbell and they've got loads of people sat next to microphones and just to make it sound noisy. I noticed that yeah. when, we were at, when I was at the grand final... Each of the entrances where the things have got little microphones on them, yeah, so it's pick able up that to pick up, yeah. pick up crowd noise. So I don't know if that's something Huddersfield do, but well, we know. saw we saw in lockdown when games were being played behind closed doors that they can quite easily mimic crowd sounds even when there's nobody there. Yeah, and I I wonder whether they ever turn that off for our game in particular. Yeah, I do you know what I mean? We I think that they could just add a little bit extra at certain moments to try and sell it and I, I don't really have a problem with it but it does kind of feel like you're um you know you, you're duct taping over a crack in a wall it's not really solving the problem but yeah i can't i'd, I'd love to know if that if that happens because i've always suspected it ever since they they um did it over lockdown but i did just want to quickly say because obviously i've pulled the stats um into this nice chart but I did get them from Love Rugby League, and that's thanks to Jude <laughs> uh, Derbyshire and jo Josh McAllister. So, yeah, again, another thanks to Love Rugby League for, for um, providing those figures in an easy-read format every week for me to then put in an Excel spreadsheet and have have all this all these nice fancy charts in front of us. Yeah, I haven't done all the percentages. I've just done a few more. Um, I, looked yeah. at, I looked at Lee and Hulk KR because they're the middle teams. They're the middle ground teams. And yeah, we, and we know they don't have. We have they have roughly the same amount of. Um, Hulk KR has two two hundred twenty five more seats capacity. So, yeah. Lee is sixty eight percent, and then Hulk KR seventy eight percent. That's is, huge. Like that's yeah. you're saying it's not. You're saying it's a good. It's a good number. About ten thousand. That's that's what probably Hulk KR are looking for, right? On a on an average, they're probably looking at about ten thousand because you know they're going to sell out the whole derby twice a year if they've got two whole derbies at home. They're going to sell out the big teams, the teams at Leeds, Saints, Wigan, the teams mm. that travel well. They're probably going to get a good number. They know it's not going to be very high for Catalan because they, Catalans don't necessarily travel that well. We've seen that when they've got big games in the Challenge Cup. Like they didn't travel well. A lot of it was the other fans supporting Catalan that made up a lot of yeah. that noise. So we know that they don't necessarily travel well every week, but that's a huge number. That's a massive percentage of. That is really impressive. When you think that they've played. They've played three, won three. They're not having the best of years, 
They've got Leeds up next. Leeds are going to travel well, so you probably see that number hopefully jump to over ten thousand. Maybe, maybe yeah. they get hopefully they get a sellout against Leeds because Le- Leeds have just um, just beat Catalan, so the fans are up for it, and it's seven. And they're yeah. seventh. Both teams three from three, so three out of six. So it's a it's a it's a big game. So yeah, really think plenty crossed. of reasons to go. And I think the 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 um the percentage the utilization is really important because again that's it's it's much more appealing to watch a, a crowd of ten thousand in a stadium for twelve and a half yeah. than a crowd of ten thousand in a stadium for twenty five because 100%. It, it's it it feels fuller even though there's the same amount of people it feels fuller so yeah that that would be cool if if we did that and I also do want to look at the traveling teams and try and work out who is, is taking the most fans to games based on the attendance of their away fixtures if that makes sense so as the rounds go on I'll keep updating it and we'll maybe look at it again and see if we can spot any trends and try and work out who's going to gain the most points for the ING um, criteria before that comes in yeah that's that's definitely interesting uh, I've seen where's it gone where's it gone championship Right, these these guys have got two different websites here, which is mental. Um, so championship round seven attendances were were a bit of a which was just surprising. Obviously, Keith Lee beating Bradford, so they had four thousand seven hundred and ninety three on Sunday afternoon, which is the third biggest attendance in the championship so far this season. Uh, the Bulls have previously announced crowds of four thousand eight hundred seventy eight and four thousand eight hundred twenty seven. Uh, Featherstone saw 2,800 there for their victory over York. Barrow recorded their first win in front of 1,800 people. London Broncos beat Swinton with 829 people in attendance in London, which was the lowest of the weekend. Sheffield had 959 against Toulouse in a really good win on Saturday. That That's something we need to speak about in a, in a minute. Um, Whitehaven against Batley was a crowd of 1,006, and then Widnes posted an attendance of 2,743 as they overcame Newcastle. So, yeah, not great attendances in a lot of places, but you're looking at Keithley there against Bradford. I know they build that as a derby, um, and it kind of is in a way for them, because they're the two closest teams in that league, I believe, for a big win. That's a lot. Nearly 5,000 people watching Keithley versus Bradford is more yeah. is more than, I think, Wakefield's average. Yeah, and I, I mean... Bradford do travel well, so that's probably helped. But Keithley, again, are another one of these clubs that's been making a lot of noise and they're really, really pushing themselves, made those big signings and the owners have been really vocal about wanting to push their club. And so, again, it, it does work. A lot of these teams, I think, kind of sit back and take it for granted that they've been a championship team for such a long time. Like, yeah probably like Sheffield really um, they're not making the same kind of noise as, as Keithley and, and it's showing in these stats I know that Sheffield's ground is, is pretty small but I think that yeah they, play, they play at the um, where do they play they play the, at Olympic, the Olympic Legacy, Legacy Park. Park so they don't yeah. they don't play at a stadium as such do no. they it's, um, yeah. it's like it's, an open it's... air sort of just a one stand place isn't it I believe yeah and you, and you kind of just all stand around the sides so I mean, it's it is hard for them to get a massive um, attendance because it will be capped at quite a low number. But I think it's just it's just despite the fact that we 
you know, disagree with a lot of things that Keith has said recently, and they've you know, backed, they've backed it up with a big win and great attendance. Yeah. Like, so they're doing, yeah. they're obviously doing the right thing. There's still something to be learned from from what they're saying. Yeah, really, really interesting. Sheffield, though, what what season they're having so far? Um, they beat they beat Toulouse thirty two four. They were leading twenty six nil at half time. Like, this isn't a bad this isn't a bad team. This Toulouse team, like we said, they were struggle, but Sheffield battered them, comfortably beat them. In a shock, whereas I didn't see it coming. The yeah. Cornwall beat London Scholars was a bit of a oh okay that's happened for me this weekend. This some big results this weekend, and they, I mean yeah okay that Toulouse side isn't amazing for this week. Um, Josh Ralph, Joe Shorrocks in the uh, Jake Shorrocks in the halves, I believe. Joe Shorrocks, Jake Shorrocks, whichever one it is, one of the Shorrocks brothers. Uh, it looked like Harrison Hansen was playing uh, hooker, so yeah, maybe it wasn't wasn't amazing. Um, mm. So, but bloody hell, Sheffield Eagles, they're on a they're on a tear this year, and they can tell you what their attendance, their fan sort of percentage, because of where they are, a little bit further out from the rest of those clubs in Yorkshire, they could get a decent score, IMG score with the fan intake and stuff like that and if they have a good season on pitch you never know they could get a nice little they could be up there yeah i think i think sheffield are a good option for a, a successful team based on the location and everything yeah yeah that's really really interesting i've, I've been let's let's keep an eye on sheffield um and for any sheffield fans get down to olympic legacy park i know that it's not the best of stadiums and if the weather's bad there's not a lot of places to stand to stay no. dry but if if you know you've got nothing on just go and watch your team like you used yeah, to, and it's, on, it's on the tram people. line as well, so it's dead easy to get to and from. Yeah, that's us. So go and do it. Get on the tram and go and see them. Bit of breaking news as we record in. Hull KR have snapped up talented prospect Corey Hall from Wakefield in a swap deal that has seen Will Dagger join the injury hit Trinity. Um, Hall 20 signs on a contract that will see him at Craven Park until at least the end of 2025. So very, very interesting. Like Corey Hall made his Leeds debut in 2020 at the age of seven, at the age of 18 or 17, 18. Wow, that's mad. I feel like he's been around forever, but that probably is because he's been around for three years. So, but Will Dagger has joined um, Wakefield with immediate effect until the end of next season, with Max Jower out injured. It was a deal that um, Mark Applegarth really couldn't afford to to look at. Mm. So it was really that's a really interesting swap deal. That um, I don't know who that benefits more. Probably benefits Hull KR more than yeah. Wakefield. That's what I was gonna say. But I guess Wakefield kind of don't really have much else. That you know, what I mean, they, everyone else is holding the cards right now, aren't they? Yeah, they really, really are. Um, a bit of shock news as well coming out of Cass. Grant Millington has teased the return this weekend uh, as they face Wakefield, mainly because Nathan Massey. Um, was due to come back on the field against Warrington and Philly popped his eye socket. So, uh, yeah, turns out he's only fractured his nose. So I don't know if he'll be in this week. So, yeah, not really sure what's what's happening. Oh, uh, wait, uh, Cass, it's just embarrassing. Uh, on the pitch, off the pitch, they just can't seem to stop, stop the rut at the minute, can they? No, I mean, they got that win against Leeds, but that's about all that we can, <laughs> all they've got to celebrate. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's just a weird rugby. There's so much going on that you just don't know where to look at the minute. In all leagues, we mentioned League One earlier. We mentioned that North Wales haven't won a game yet this season. Four losses from four in the league, only beating an amateur team in all comps. 
Cornwall sit sixth. They've won one, lost one. They've only played two games, but there's less than everyone else. But they're sitting above Midlands, above Rochdale, above North Wales and above Scholars who have all played at least a game more, if not two games more, some of them. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a weird season in League One, I tell you. That's, that's that table looks a little bit, not completely upside down, but I was looking at Rochdale and North Wales thinking they'd be higher up the table. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a, a shake-up, but... That head coach, um, I know the, the coach left North Wales last year, didn't he? The head coach, and that was something that we said. Yeah. Toby was a little bit unsure when it happened and didn't realise, didn't know if it was going to be a big, a good thing or a bad thing. Doesn't look like it's turned out very well for them at all. No, nah. it's going to be really hard to read the table this year because we've got those um, buy rounds and everything. So you've got clubs on for the moment who've played half as many games as the teams around them. Yeah. So until we get to towards the end, it's going to be really difficult to pick that apart just by glancing at it anyway yeah really really difficult um channel four obviously hosted a game on uh the weekend catalans have end their winning run is over they lost to leeds in a big comeback 22 8 i've not i've still not watched the game uh, i've seen a few clips and some massive hits on the tr- on touchline and stuff but catalans leading 22 8 at half time and then leeds come back so they're running seven tries at headingly 32-22 game over like and Reese Martin missed five kicks Mate, missed his wow. first five kicks never and that's mad yeah Leeds are, Leeds are slowly climbing back up again aren't they they're just doing um, they're doing stuff right just to push themselves up there I mean they had a dodgy year last year and ended up getting to the grand final so if they have a bit more of it if they have a less dodgy year this year they might you know then you never know they might go and win it <laughs> yeah so it's <laughs> well they've yeah, they've beaten Catalans, who were up at the top. They've beaten Saints. So, yeah, it's just, just leads, isn't it? This is what they like. Yeah, it's very, it's going to be, it's going to be really good to see. Um, the women's, as we're recording, the uh, the Women's Super League launch um, interviews are coming out all over Twitter. So, if you haven't gone back to look at them, please go and do so. It's Tuesday right now. So, you might have to scroll a little bit on um, some news articles and stuff. But, it's been a really odd week it's been a good week and i'm looking forward to seeing what develops over the next week in terms of player transfers in terms of player news so yeah oh jack white and transfer bombshell sorry i thought i was, I was about to i was about to wrap up um big news coming out of canberra is that jack white has informed the club he's going to market for the first time in 14 years he's dropped wow. the bombshell saying he wants he's placing himself in the window and is on sale um very that's a very very interesting it's a very interesting indeed i wish toby was here to talk about a little bit more about that um and apparently Parramatta were looking at, this is a story i want to talk to you about this Parramatta apparently eyeing up signing a fullback i thought they had king guther i thought they loved that man yeah yeah that is odd so we'll we'll keep an eye on those stories we'll keep an eye on everything really and if you are intrigued to know Biff merch is coming soon very oh it looks great by the way very very soon um toby and robin will have their samples in the next week hopefully if i get an address, if, if they both send me their addresses and i can send stuff to them um i will be doing that but yeah very very interesting i've just dropped a pen on the floor so apologies uh yeah very very interesting loads of news loads of big stories coming up website is on its way too so keep your eyes out keep your ears out for news keep your eyes out for 
website and keep your eyes out for merch coming in the next month or so uh have a good evening everyone have a good weekend enjoy your rugby league this has been the biff rugby league podcast with brad and robin brought to you by swinging arms and shoulder charges good bye